0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. The Bruins return from their bye week with a bang, winning two games over the weekend, uh, one in Winnipeg, the other against Minnesota. Uh, We will uh, take a quick look back at those games, as well as update the Atlantic Division power rankings and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Before we get into all that, uh, I'd like to remind you that the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast is available wherever podcasts can be found, uh, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Uh, thanks so much for all those who have already uh, subscribed, who download every day, who listen. Uh, please give a rating and a review if possible. Uh, you can also find me, Ian McLaren. I'm your host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also find the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend watching the Bruins uh, as well as uh, – enjoying the super bowl if if that's something that you did. Uh as I mentioned on Friday, I went away for the weekend with a bunch of friends from college uh which was a really great time up near Wasaga Beach here in Ontario. I uh, hit up some local breweries, uh hit up the uh hot and cold pools at the Scandinavian Spa up that way around Blue Mountain and walked around the village as well. So it was a great time and uh i did not watch the super bowl last night uh but um here it was uh yeah all right uh as for the bruins they of course returned from the break with two games uh over the weekend the first was in winnipeg on friday and they emerged victorious uh over the jets by a score of 2 to 1 uh, which in- i Uh, Sorry, a game that included uh, 74 penalty minutes, three fights, as well as another scuffle that led to some gloves flying. Uh, It wasn't uh, categorized as an official fight, but, uh, you know, with questions recently about the Bruins' toughness and their willingness to battle and fight for each other, it was an impressive uh, showing out of the gate in that sense. Um... The Bruins, yeah, they came back. Uh, Marshawn dropped the gloves. Brandon Carlo dropped the gloves. Carson Kuhlman and Charlie McAvoy, he wasn't assessed the fighting major, but they all dropped the gloves in some way, uh, whether it be challenged after levying a, a heavy hit on the opposition or just you know challenged to drop the gloves. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said, part of the message... It was definitely about being harder to play against and building these types of games if they're out there for you. Um, it was there. It presented itself. Um, so, you know, Char had a hit. McAvoy had a hit. People came after them. They responded. Uh, the Bruins did. It changes the complexion of the game. Cassidy added. Um, and, yeah, it was good to see the Bruins mix it up and get, um, yeah, right out of the gate banging, dropping the gloves, although I'm, I'm not a huge fighting guy, as as you know, but um, to get that kind of toughness and energy going right out of the break, uh, it was really nice to see. Uh, Tuka Rask returned to the net after missing three games prior to the break with a concussion. Uh, he made 37 saves, 12 of which came on the penalty kill uh, in the win coming back after that, so it was really nice to see uh, Rask coming up big in his return from the concussion. Jake DeBrusk scored the game winner at 3.07 of the third period on Friday. Uh, it was his uh, 16th goal of the season. And uh, he's really got uh, the scoring touch going as well. So overall, a very positive night in Winnipeg on Friday. And the Bruins uh, came back and were in action on Saturday in Minnesota against the Wild, a game in which they emerged victorious by a score of six to one. So that was really great. The Bruins had the nine day break, immediately followed with a back to back situation on the road, and you know they came out with an eight two advantage in goals over the two games, and um, just p- playing the way that you want to see them play. Now that we're in, uh, kind of the, I wouldn't say the home stretch, but uh, you know the, into the third third of the season, if you will. Um, Torrey Crew after the game, he had a a couple of goals, he had two assists, and he said, uh, "It's going to be tough from here on out." It was important for us to come out, feel good about ourselves in Winnipeg, and then end this game tonight, Saturday against the Wild. Uh, It was a bit of a different style. They just kind of outgunned the opposition in this one. Whereas in Winnipeg, they um, had to kind of, uh, yeah, step up and and play physical, grinding, close game. Krug went on. He said it reestablished some confidence, some swagger. Maybe some guys lost um, in recent weeks. Uh, we score a few goals a few different ways on the power play it gives us confidence to make plays and realize when we have that swagger, when we're moving the puck, we're not being stagnant and holding onto the puck. We can score against anyone. Um, so yeah, it was a really great um, showing for the Bruins. David Pasternak had his 38th goal of the season, which matches his career high. Uh, we're already, you know, only what 53 games in. So he has, uh, quite a bit of time to build on that. The chase for 50 is on, and I, I personally think he'll hit that and uh, perhaps push for 55, maybe high 50s, 20 goal. Yeah, maybe not, but 50 at least. 55 would be nice. Um, Yeah, 29 games remaining. Uh, he'd be the first Bruin since Camp Neely in 93-94 to accomplish that feat. Uh, he said, I hope... Uh, sorry, he said, obviously, it'd be really nice. I think I can do it. Uh, but he's not overthinking things, just trying to help the team. That's kind of been his message um, over the course of this of the season as he's been hot ever since. There were some lineup changes on Saturday night as Par Lindholm came in for Sean Corrales. Anton Bleed came in for an injured Danton Heinen. Uh, just, again, to get that uh, fresh look, to get people involved in the games, Uh, Bleed's played really nice so far. He's been a good uh, addition. And just to get that internal competition going as well uh, has been important for the Bruins. Pasternak uh, with the goal, he uh, retook the lead in that category. Now he's 38. Like I said, Ovechkin's at 37. Austin Matthews at 36. In terms of total points, Pasternak is third in the NHL behind Uh, League leader Leon Dreisaito has got 83. Connor McDavid's got 79. Uh, Brad Marchand is now sixth with 68 points uh, behind Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin, who are also in that mix as well. Um, Yeah, so the Bruins uh, still continuing to uh, thrive behind those two guys. And uh, some other guys starting to chip in as well, including Jake DeBrusque, who's really come on lately. Uh, with some strong performances, as I mentioned. He had five goals and five assists in 11 January games, and then he had a goal and an assist uh, in the first game of February. So, DeBrusque is really rolling lately, which is oh, great to see. Um, and, you know, still remains to be seen whether he'll get uh, a new line linemate. Uh, he has been playing on the de facto third line as of late with uh, Charlie Coyle. And that really seems to be working. So I'm interested to see if Bruce Cassidy will keep that uh, line together or that combo together uh, for the foreseeable future anyways. In practice here on Monday, Heinen's still out. So DeBrusque was back with Krejci and Kuhlman. And then we had Corrali, Coyle, and Bjork on the third line. Uh, So we'll see if that sticks in advance of Tuesday's game against the Vancouver Canucks, which is uh, what's coming up next for these Bruins, uh, which will be interesting. Uh, as we all look back to 2011, but also see that the Canucks are a very good team. Uh, well, I wouldn't say very good, but they're yeah pretty good these days, so I'm excited about that, but we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, first, let's update the Atlantic Division power rankings. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Lock- local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So the bye weeks are over. Everyone's back in action. The NHL trade deadline is about three weeks away. How do our Bruins stack up against their Atlantic Division rivals at this point in the season? The Bruins have played 53 games, uh, 31, 10, and 12 record, good for 74 points, and a goal differential of plus 40, which is uh, second in the NHL, only to... Uh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Let's begin at the bottom of the Atlantic division. And of course, we have the lowly Detroit Red Wings. They have 28 points in 53 games, minus 93 goal differential. This season's a a write off for them. Um, the Ottawa Senators are in seventh, of course, 52 games played, 18, 24, and 10, 46 points, and a minus 34 uh, goal differential. Uh, So, yeah, again, standard 7-8 there. Buffalo Sabres still down in sixth. Uh, If you didn't have a chance to check out uh, the fan call into WGR uh, Sports Radio up in Buffalo last week, uh, just search Dwayne on Twitter, D-U-A-N-E, and you'll hear this epic rant from a fan who's just incredibly disappointed with the Sabres and the direction that the team is. Is still going in. I wouldn't say down necessarily, but they definitely are not moving up as quickly as you would have liked after, uh, you know, uh, Eichel, Dalene, things like that. So right now they're still in sixth and um, don't really have a shot at at the playoffs right now. They are 10 points back of Carolina for the second wildcard spot and also 10 points back of Toronto for the third uh, spot in the Atlantic. Canadians are hanging on a little bit. They're six and four in their last 10. Uh, They're 24, 23 and seven. They have 55 points, uh, which is six back of the Florida Panthers. Uh, They've also played 54 games. The Canadians that is uh, meaning their chances of continuing to remain uh, somewhat in the playoff race are uh, just shrinking uh, pretty quickly. Uh, We'll get to some news and notes in a moment, but I saw Pierre Lebrun, tweeted today that um, the Canadians might be looking for a second-round pick for Ilya Kovalchuk as they um, get set to, um, yeah, maybe become sellers prior to the deadline. They also might have an appetite to re-sign him, however, which we've been just saying he has been uh, really, um, yeah, big for them. He's helped on the ice, apparently off the ice as well, Uh, so – Uh, yeah, we'll see if, uh, they're able to uh, make some waves there on the trade market, but that's it for the bottom four teams. What we really care about right now is the top four teams beginning with the Florida Panthers, a huge game in Toronto here on Monday night. As the, uh, Panthers visit the Leafs, the Panthers right now are at 61 points through 50 games, record of 28, 17 and five. A plus 16 goal differential. The Maple Leafs are at 63 points. Uh, they have two games more than the um, Panthers. Two more games played. That is, their goal differential is plus 17. So these two teams are very close. If the Panthers can win tonight, they'd be. If they win in regulation, they'd be level with the Leafs in points, with two games in hand. Uh, they're seven and three in their last ten. The Panthers, that is and uh, really um, giving the Leafs all they can handle in terms of uh, that third spot in the Atlantic. Uh, They are currently outside of the uh, wildcard picture as well. Uh, The Panthers are uh, two points back of Carolina, three points back of uh, the Islanders. Uh, They do have two games in hand on the uh, Hurricanes. Um, So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Interestingly, the Columbus Blue Jackets have jumped into third in the Metro, which uh, if that stands would be uh, very uh, surprising indeed. The Maple Leafs, they were in a bit of trouble heading into the break. Uh, They've since uh, won three games, although the last one against Ottawa, they were only able to win in overtime. So uh, not great there, but, uh, they do have 63 points through 52 games played. Third in the Atlantic right now. Uh, six points back of second place, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is 32, 15, and five. 69 points, uh, through 52 games. So they're five points back of our Bruins and they have one game in hand. Uh, so the Bruins are still, uh, sitting pretty well in terms of points and, uh, point percentage. Um the Lightning did have uh, some more games in hand there, but they weren't able to make up all the ground on the Bruins. So the Bruins right now are first in the Atlantic with a uh, 698 point percentage. The Lightning are 663, and that's good for fourth in the NHL actually. So um, the good news is that the Lightning have gotten so good that they're only – place to go is first it doesn't look like they will drop down to the third spot so if the Bruins are overtaken by the Lightning at some point this season then they'd be in line to play either the Leafs or the Panthers in the first round so um, you know there's really not much difference for the Bruins actually between finishing first and second if they finished uh, let's just look at say if the playoffs began right now. So if the playoffs began right now, the Bruins would be uh, first in the Atlantic, meaning they would play the uh, number one wildcard team, seeing as Washington has a better record, so they play the second wild card team. That would mean that Bruins would play the Islanders. They're 29, 15, and 6, uh, 64 points. Um, so, you know, two points better than the Maple Leafs, two points better than, or four points better than the Panthers. Um, so really not much difference there, uh, between first and second, to be quite honest with you, uh, at this point, um, obviously you want one of those spots in order to have home ice advantage, uh, but, um, I don't think we need to be too concerned whether the Bruins finish first or second at this point, although you'd like them to finish first, just seeing as they've been there, uh, you know, all year to this point. So that's kind of the updated Atlantic Division Power Rankings, giving you a quick look into what uh, is in store for the Bruins. The Bruins do have uh, a pretty busy week. I mentioned uh, Tuesday's game against the Canucks. Then they're back in action on Wednesday in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. A couple days off, and then they host the Coyotes on Saturday afternoon and then play the Red Wings in Detroit on Sunday afternoon at twelve thirty. Uh, so a couple of matinees coming up on the weekend. Two back to backs coming up this week for the Bruins with a couple games, uh, a couple days off in between. Sorry. So yeah, let's uh, take a look now at some news and notes from around the NHL. First off, for those who have been around for a while, you may remember the Charlie Coyle appreciation episode with Amanda Kegley, uh, her daughter Maddie. Uh, kickstarted the books against bullying campaign, and she reached out to Charlie Coyle when the Bruins were coming into town the other day, uh, to see if he would be able to match um a donation that she made um to uh, the uh, what is it the Weymouth Food Bank I believe Weymouth Food Pantry sorry Maddie raised a hundred dollars for that Charlie uh. Chipped in $500 as a response and sent uh, Maddie a very nice note uh, saying that he missed seeing her around Minnesota, uh, which is really cool. Uh, nice gesture by Charlie. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to that Charlie Coyle episode, go back and uh, check it out. It was it was a good one. Elsewhere around the NHL, uh, speaking of the Panthers, uh, Alexander Barkov, he's going to be... Uh, Missing tonight's game against the Maple Leafs, so that's a big loss for them. But he's day-to-day with uh, a knee injury after uh, receiving an MRI. He was injured in Saturday's game against the Canadiens. So he won't play against Toronto, which is an advantage to the Leafs, but it's not a long-term injury. So that's that's a really uh, positive thing for the Panthers, obviously. Joe Haggerty from NBC Sports, uh, he wrote a thing over the weekend talking about uh, Tyler Toffoli kind of being Boston's fallback option if Chris Kreider doesn't work out. Uh, Kreider will likely cost a first-round pick and a prospect. Toffoli won't come at that price. Uh, and he's, yeah, you're not not as uh, skilled or as fast as... Kreider perhaps, but he would still bring a lot to the table, including some Stanley cup experience. So, um, yeah, is uh, going for that angle, not really breaking new ground there, but I really think, uh, that's something the Bruins should look at. Pierre Lebrun, uh, who I mentioned earlier, he wrote an article this morning for the athletic talking about some, uh, deals that would make sense. And he suggested the Bruins and ducks could be trade partners with uh, Andre Cache heading to the Bruins in exchange for Oscar Steen and a 2020 third-round pick. If the Bruins could get Cache for that, I would jump with that in a second. Uh, he's got a $2.6 million cap hit through this season and next, uh, which is very manageable. And, you know, Steen is a good prospect. A uh, third-round pick isn't really much to kick in, and it's very much worth... Um, to, parting ways with that kind of prospect uh, in order to pick up a player uh, like Kashi who could help immediately and also uh, they have would have him under contract for next year as well. Um, so yeah, three weeks until the trade deadline. So much could happen. Uh, different reports, rumors coming out every day. I would recommend looking for those check marks, uh, making sure that uh, what you're seeing or commenting on is coming from a reliable source and um, yeah, I hope that the Bruins are able to make some good positive moves without giving up too much uh, in the next few weeks. That's always the the goal am I right? Um, thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. This has been the locked on Boston Bruins podcast for Monday, February 3rd. can't believe we're into February already. Uh, Sorry for that kind of quick and dirty podcast here today, but I'm still getting back into the swing of things after the weekend away and uh, got some things on the go, you know, with the day job as well. Got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Please tell someone today about the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. Spread the word and uh, let's build some momentum here on the podcast as we uh, gear up for the playoffs and what we hope will be another uh, season of the Bruins playing into June. Uh, Love you, friends. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.